0: Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted.
1: Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Nightsky. I hope this episode finds you doing well because I've been doing a lot of thinking lately and been having some great times the last few days. And I had one experience a few nights ago that I want to share with you that I hope helps you frame your mindset around the importance of us. Yeah, like each other. Maintaining our strength and passion for the service we need to have for others is critical, and it's what we need to focus on. I've noticed a great debate taking place lately everywhere I go. The debate almost always starts out with the same stem sentence. How can anyone think? Insert whatever. And then someone tries to convince me to wear a mask or not to wear a mask, to get vaccinated or not be vaccinated, to send my children to a place or not send them to a place, to shop at a store or to protest that store. My self-talk was getting dangerously pessimistic last week, and I kept thinking about how I think we've become a me-first society. It had me in a funk, like a big funk, and it had me thinking, how can we have gotten to a point where everyone is putting themselves first? Now, while being stuck in that mindset, I was seeing the evidence of it everywhere. It's kind of like if you think it, you're going to see it. And I looked. It's like, it's like the yellow car effect. You buy a yellow car and suddenly everywhere you look, there are yellow cars. But before I get too deep into my mini rant here, I want to give you a little history lesson to help frame the rest of this reflection and the reflections through this episode. Have you ever looked at an American coin and read what's on it? I realize you know all of the different types of coins, nickels, dimes, and quarters, but if you truly look at the, just say, a quarter, there's a symbolic definition on the quarter that I think is important. I used to teach this to my students when I taught history. I would take a quarter and show them both sides amplified up on the screen, and I would ask them to read each side of the coin and write down what they think it meant. You see, the front of the coin on a quarter says liberty, meaning simply that we should all enjoy our right to freedom as well as choice. Now, the back side of the coin has a little Latin phrase on it, e pluribus unum, which means from many, one. The quarter you see is a small and yet gigantic symbol for each of us, individual liberty and collaboration. We must ensure that we each maintain our freedoms while at the same time working together to ensure a sustainability for the future as well as a brighter and better future. Now, I keep this in mind all of the time, but it wasn't until I was driving home on Friday night from my son's soccer match in Decorah, Iowa, that it hit me. We, as Buffaloes, are living in the greatest and period in modern history, and it is why so many of us are stuck as well as struggling. Let me explain. So, my wife Megan, my son Charlie, and my daughter Grace are the center of my known universe. Their warmth feeds me like the sun feeds Superman, being there In the different arenas of their life and being there for them is what it is all about for me. So this Friday, I drove four and a half hours to Iowa to watch Charlie's soccer team play a nationally ranked team. Now the match ended at 7.30 after a heartbreaking extra time loss. And I decided, I'm not going to sleep here tonight. I'm going to drive home. Now the entire ride to Iowa earlier in the day was filled with phone calls. And I was connecting with a lot of people to support their leadership and hear from them and, and frankly just listen. I was being told about school board meetings filled with protesters, employees that were angry with each other for being or not being vaccinated, parents who were calling with difficult-to-fill requests, and as we were coaching on the phone, I was my normal, optimistic, solution-driven self, and I kept hanging up and saying to myself, we're becoming a me-first world, and I don't like it. Each time, as a result of my framing everything this way, I was not seeing the you-first work all around me. I was slowly turning away from the storm, and I think, like unfortunately many of us do, we are each doing the same thing, and we're feeling the same way. As I was driving home, it was approaching the time of night where I couldn't, or I should say shouldn't call anyone, and I found myself listening to some Frank Sinatra in the car and reflecting about my week and the struggles of many of the people I care about. I had my cruise control set, and I saw that my ETA to my house was about 12.15 a.m. Now, have you ever been driving, and all of a sudden, the ETA on your GPS or or your maps just violently adjusts, like a whole half hour gets added to it? I was like, what the hey, Ray? And I look down, and suddenly it says 12.45. Then it says 12.50, 12.55, 1 a.m. I'm like, what is happening? Then I see that the interstate ahead of me is closed and we have to take a detour. There was a major construction project taking place, and we had to weave our way along a frontage road through a shopping mall and a residential area at like 11.30 at night. Now, needless to say, I was frustrated and thinking to myself, how could they do this to me? Like some road construction engineers were in a room a week ago and saying, okay, the best way to really nail Ted is to schedule the the night he's coming back from Iowa, so that's when we'll close down the interstate. That's not what was happening, but that's where my mind was. Anyway, I'm driving, and I'm cranking music with the windows open because I have hit the overtired driving stage. The M&Ms I had an hour ago have worn off, and I'm by myself. There are about 10 cars ahead of me at a stop sign, and I notice that there's a gray Volkswagen Jetta in the middle of the road at the intersection, and the cars are just driving right around it. As I get to the stop sign, I see a young couple standing there, and the door is open. They're in their early 20s, and they're there, and then, as I'm about to drive by... Assuming it was just a little fender bender and they rear-ended each other because they were probably texting, I see a man laying half in and half out of the car with the door open. Now, I instinctively go into my old school principal teacher mode, put my hazards on, turn off my car, run over to the scene. I ask if they've called 911 and I can hear the dispatcher talking to the young woman standing over the unconscious man. I hear the dispatcher tell the woman's boyfriend to start CPR. And just as he begins, the guy behind me says, hey, I saw you pull over. What's going on? And we say, well, we'll rotate doing the CPR as we wait for the paramedics to get here because we're like in the middle of a nowhere in a big traffic jam. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way those paramedics are going to get here quick. I'm the third in the rotation. And the guy giving CPR is the man who pulled over behind me. And he, has, he says, hey, could you go check on my kid? He's sleeping in the truck. So I run over to the truck and check in with the five or six year old boy. And he's just sitting there in a haze. And I say, hey, go to sleep. Your dad's helping us out. We'll be right back. And Then I run back over and recognize what is happening because I've unfortunately seen all of this before. The young man who is unconscious, laying in the road, has ashen skin and purple lips. He's overdosing. I was trained in drug abuse recognition 15 years ago or 20 years ago, and it was evident that this was an opiate-induced overdose. I want to back up a second here because as I was getting out of my car, I was momentarily angered and heard that statement me first in my head. I realized that the people were all still driving by as this young man was laying, dying on the ground, in the road, and no one except for those two had pulled over. And now suddenly four strangers were trying to revive him. I thought, this is the best example of me first ever. And I was disappointed in humanity. Just as I was going to relieve the man doing CPR, the screams of sirens filled the air, and we looked up to see a fire truck, two ambulances, and three squad cars. And in an instant, the professionals took over, strapped the man from the car on a gurney, took his vitals, and brought him into the ambulance, where they Narcanned him and brought him back. When it was all over, which was about 15 minutes, we could see traffic backed up forever. Our cars and trucks were in the middle of the road. Sheriff's deputies began taking our statements, and I just stood there for a second and took a breath. And then it hit me. We are a you-first world. We just need someone to be the first we. While we were hovering over the man who had OD'd, 20-some people were all around us asking how to help and taking on leadership roles. Someone was consoling the girl who was in the car with the man who OD'd. Someone was checking on our vehicle. Someone was directing traffic. Someone was talking to the young people. A UPS driver blocked traffic with his semi, and suddenly I realized, we are all good by nature. Look at all these buffaloes. I walked up to my new friends and shared with them that I was really proud of them and thanked them for pulling over and stopping and, and helping this young man who is a total stranger. I stopped because I saw the man on the ground, but only because I saw a young couple trying to help him. The guy behind me stopped when he saw me run to the car. The other people jumped into action because that is what people do when they see others running towards a storm. They join in. A very nice deputy took my information and I walked back over to the single father who had left his son in the truck and shared that I was really proud of him for stopping and jumping in to help with CPR. And he said, I only stopped because you did. And I said, I only stopped because they did. And we laughed, which is the weird thing that people do who share a scary life experience together. We shook hands and we nodded as the ambulance drove away with the paramedics giving us a thumbs up. I looked over and I saw buffaloes all around me. Law enforcement taking control of the scene and getting people back on the road. Firefighters securing the car, paramedics helping this young man, a deputy consoling the young woman whose boyfriend almost killed her when the car he was driving smashed into the concrete wall as he was ODing, and a whole lot of people getting back onto their journeys. I got in the car and immediately started reflecting about the leadership and Buffaloes I just met. I don't know their names. I know nothing about them, but I know this. That first young couple to get out of their car and help triggered within a bunch of us a desire to charge into the storm. It also hit me that I was with a bunch of people and shaking hands, and I realized this is an and situation. I just helped out in a situation with a bunch of strangers, and there is a pandemic. So I quickly gooped up my hands with sanitizer gel, and I prayed I didn't get exposed to COVID. Then it hit me. This is why so many people are freaking out. We are living in the greatest and historical time period in the last 50 years. People are living through trauma and there is a pandemic. People are living in poverty, and there is a pandemic. People are serving their country, and there is a pandemic. People are going to school and work, and there is a pandemic. No wonder so many people after 19 months of this are appearing selfish. We're in self-defense survival mode, mentally and probably a little bit physically. All these fights we're having, they're not with me or you. They're not even about us. They're about people wanting to go back and be in a free world again. And what I mean by this is all these fights are fights we have never had before because of this pandemic, because they didn't exist. People are in the lowest level of survival. We are in fight mode. This current season of conflict is not about masks or vaccination politics, science or beliefs. It is the great fight for normalcy. We've collectively lost our patience for this big and. The and in our world has led to uncertainty, no clear line of sight for tomorrow, which is why we need to be more empathetic than ever before and charge into the storm with greater perseverance. The fight is about controlling one side of the coin, the liberty side, the freedoms, the things I want to do, while yet forgetting that we also have the backside of the coin and we should be collaborating. We all have the capacity to collaborate and be collaborative and caring. But like my experience the other night, Those cars in front of me that drove past the accident that I was mad at? Well, they may have thought it was under control. After all, everyone can call 911 and maybe they had people in their vehicles that were in need. Maybe they needed to get someplace. Maybe they were in trauma. And why did I have to jump to the conclusion that they were wrong and selfish? I didn't have to do that. So what do we do to support those around us when the and world we are living in creates extra weight in our backpacks of life and we fall into judging others? Well, we figure out a way to create some relief, and the best way is through a process. Each day, as leaders, we have an obligation to support those we serve and influence those people with optimism and hope, hopeful strategies, as well as common-sense approaches to life. Take the American working mindset and compound that with an and world and the world we are living in, and we're headed for workplace and classroom and life disaster. I saw a meme the other day of the difference between a European out-of-office alert and an American out-of-office alert. It went something like this. The European one said, Thank you for contacting me. We will be camping with our family and on summer holiday. I will not see your email for the next 60 days. (laughs) That just sounds freeing. Now, the American version said, I'm getting a liver transplant today and should have access to email by late afternoon. Now, while that's funny at first, it's telling to this weird world we live in. As we lead for the next year, we have to become hyper aware of the needs of those we serve. So, the two sides of a coin strategy it has three prompts that you should use to support the needs of those you are around in this big and world. So, here they are What is the single greatest issue you are facing? When you come upon somebody who looks like they're struggling, you just ask that. Hey, what's the single greatest thing you're facing right now? Like right now. And then you listen. And then you prompt them again. Well, what solutions or strategies can you employ to get past this? Key words that you can employ. And then you listen. And then you ask, what do I need to do in order to fuel your optimism and get you through the storm? That's it. Think about these three prompts for a second. We are living in an and world that is supercharged because of the pandemic. Here's an example of something that I'm sure you could hear any day in any place. I'm a mother and a wife and a teacher and a colleague, and I need to go to soccer practice with my kids, and I need to prepare meals, and I need to prep for class, and I need to shop, and I need to care for my parents tonight, and I need to pay the bills, and I need to support my family, and I need to read, and I need to reply to emails, and I need to take care of myself, and I need to serve these children, and I need to support my brother who's sick, and my nephew who is sick, and my mother-in-law who fell last night, and there is a pandemic. Now, this is a pretty typical and situation. However, this is not a suck it up buttercup situation because each one of those life situations is significant, compartmentalized, and important to that person. So, where do we fit in? Well, we stop and we see how we can help. We don't drive by or assume someone else is going to take care of it. We stop, check, and support. Three questions What's the single greatest issue you are facing right now? I cannot figure out a way to get my kids to soccer practice. Oh. We're taking our kids. I'll pick them up. Same field. What solutions or strategies can you employ to get past this? Oh, maybe we can employ a carpool. And what do I need to do in order to fuel your optimism and get you through the storm? You just did. It's simple, guys. Then, when the questions are asked, if they're deeper or they're harder to answer, just listen and support that person in the moment. Maybe the reason so many people are at their wits end and yelling and arguing and getting so loud is because they're not feeling heard. Because no one is listening. No one is supporting with empathy. And we, as Buffalo leaders, we just need to pivot. Two sides to every coin. Liberty and what we can do and *Iplurus unum. What we can do together as one. A simple and powerful symbol everywhere we go. It is also an easy tool to support your empathy and leadership. Three questions three answers, and move the day. Bring people to their Buffalo leadership by getting them to understand that you're here for them and you're going to support their success. So let's do some smart thinking. Describe your strategy to support others in an and world. List people you need to go and support. Finally, reflect upon your ands and seek out others who can create lift for you. That's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you for listening and for all you do, and especially for listening to this podcast. Please share this with others and contact me if you'd like additional information or ideas or coaching through us here at CESA 6. And thank you, as always, to the Wellpennies for the great music. Please make sure to follow them on your music platform. Finally, here's the deal. Maybe, just maybe, if enough of us flip the narrative in our and world, to charging into what is impacting our days, getting through it with perseverance, tenacity, and reflection. Maybe, maybe we'd return to a more optimistic outlook as we continue down the road of unpredictability. Life's pretty awesome. But the journey is the spice that makes it interesting. As we move forward, keep thinking about how to see those around us because the real and sounds like this. I am here today and I am needed in the lives of others and I can make a difference. And I get to be where my feet are standing. And I can do this. I'm going to end with me. You see, normally when I am sparked by life, I stop and write it out on a piece of paper, a notebook, a receipt, whatever. But last Friday, after driving for eight hours, I was just tired, especially after that incident. So I did a voice memo. How do you buffalo in life? I'm usually positive. But when you see life happen, you always have two choices. You can run into it, or you can walk away from it. The choice is yours.
2: Friday night, driving home, come upon an accident, young man overdosed, restored faith in humanity. I was just complaining and whining to myself about we've become a me first world. And it struck me that that's not the case. No one's care or concern for their own safety, just doing what's best for them. And it struck me that the pandemic is going on all around us, and that's an and situation. So we have people who are still struggling with addiction, and there's a pandemic. We have children who are living in poverty, and there's a pandemic. We have kids living through racial disparity, and there's a pandemic. And we still expect everything to move forward as if nothing is going on. So what are we going to do different? What's our challenge? How do we buffalo into this weird world we're living in? where everything's an and. There's political turmoil and a pandemic. There's political turmoil and poverty and a pandemic and racial disparity and a lack of resources and a lack of feeling of safety. And what are we gonna do about it? Well, we're gonna Buffalo. Each of us every single day has the opportunity to shift the direction of those around us. And the best way to do that is through process. So my challenge is you and your work and you and your school, How are we going to get people to help show up? And when they do show up, check in on them. And what's the process?
0: Welcome to your life. There's no